When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome, Radical Ones. Tis the season to be jolly. We are back this week with Brother David. Hi, everybody. We are talking a classic movie for us, Sailor Moon S. The Movie, Hearts in Ice, which is the English title. This is not the original title of this movie, but for us, it will always be Hearts in Ice. Ice. So it's freezing here in New York. (laughs) I'm on the West Coast, and it is not freezing. So there's there's things you could still do to make it feel like Christmas. You don't need the freezing weather then. Well, you can always strap a Frosted the Snowman to a cactus or a palm tree, I guess, but doesn't really have the same effect. Do they do desert snowman stuff? No, people do full setups, but obviously you don't have snow on the ground unless you're up north. The people will decorate just as they would back east or any other place that gets colder weather. And lights as well. I mean, it's the same thing. Absolutely. Oh, so you still get that Christmas spirit. We are in our first week of December, this long, beautiful month that we have ahead of us. And we have a whole month of holiday-themed shows for you amazing people. We're starting with Sailor Moon. David and I also have the Pee-wee Herman Christmas special, as well as He-Man and She-Ra's Christmas special. (laughs) So, David, do you remember the sweet smell of Christmas book from childhood? I do, and I should because you actually sent it to me as a gift for my kids. So yes, we read it every year. I love it because it's got scratch and sniff stickers inside it. And you still are a fan of scratch and sniff stickers. I love it because it just brings back memories. Yeah, I do actually. I actually recently bought some um, online from my childhood. So some 80 scratch and stiff Snickers, which again, some certain scents and flavors and foods bring back such amazing memories. Two of my favorite scents from the book are actually the orange and the hot cocoa. So of course, who doesn't love hot cocoa, especially now that it's getting cold. Even here in the on the West Coast, it's actually cold for us. So we, you know, whip out our blankets, make a fire, and do have some hot cocoa, so. And in the book, there is an orange, there is hot cocoa, along with other various scents, gingerbread men. While we're talking about hot cocoa, have you ever been hot cocoa bombed? So I have heard about this, and actually... A friend of yours, if I'm not mistaken, has a company now that actually does hot cocoa bombs, which is pretty cool. Like, it's the whole, like, concept where you... And this is great for the kids because you literally drop 
this bomb. So you think about like I use bombs for my kids in the bathtub, like colored yes. bombs and stuff like that, and they 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 really scent, and the the, the the bath water turns pink and purple and green and yellow and all these cool colors. But it's for hot cocoa. Manja Mommy is the actual company, and they make phenomenal cocoa bombs. It's like all different flavors, and it's uh, handcrafted. So I like that it's not like factory made. It's literally made, and you're supporting uh, a small business. So that's exactly it. A small business. Uh, yeah. So David's right. So a school friend has just started her hot cocoa business, and it is called Manja underscore Mommy on Instagram. Gotta love that name as well. I love it. It's an homage to Italian mommy. Manja, manja, manja. These are amazing. Holly is the friend and she is just blowing up with these hot cocoa bombs. No pun intended right now, but they Didn't are... Did she get like a review from like a famous chef or somebody? Review well, that? Gordon Ramsay was actually scoping out her Instagram. The, the company is called Manja Mommy. You can find it on Instagram. Again, like David said, these are handmade with love. They even have edible glitter on some of them. Super cool. Honestly, it's a great way to support a small business. And I just love when we do these little things like for again, as a parent with children, I love when you can have the big reveal on something so cute and and innocent. You know what I mean? Like it's like, oh wow, it's just a it's just hot cocoa, but then you it opens up and things come out. It's like really cool. It's like when you uh have your birthday and they have that flower that opens up and spins and like has like candles David, ha- David cool. has given me one of these in my birthdays and I'm very big on reveals so Manja Mommy's Cocoa Bombs I think it's really cool and I commend anybody that's doing a small business especially during these pandemic times I think it's great and they're really not that expensive from what I've seen and so you can totally get you know a cool experience for the kids make a like a little fire outside get your hot cocoa you pour just hot milk hot water over them and uh you've got your matter of fact this is a new flavor that i see advertised lucky charms marshmallow this is a chocolatey cocoa bomb with lucky charms marshmallows inside doesn't she do liquor in them too Alcohol. There are, there is a combo. There is a bike your hot cocoa with a little a uh, little dash of something. But the flavors, my God, milk, dark white peppermint, dark peppermint, milk peppermint, Nutella milk, mm, Nutella. cookie butter, caramel. I mean, that is a feast for the eyes, the nose, the mouth. There will be a video coming up on the Radical Retro Instagram page soon that will showcase both the book, The Sweet Smell of Christmas, as well as Manja Mommy's beautiful chocolate cocoa bombs. Where do we begin with Sailor Moon? Sailor Moon is not just this movie that we're talking about. Both David and I are huge, huge Sailor Moon fans. A matter of fact, David was the first person. He said, did you ever hear of Sailor Moon? Now, this was in like 1996. Quite a while ago. Quite a while ago. Sailor Moon was on Toonami on the Cartoon Network. And of course, this is the classic Deke dub. Many Sailor Moon fans have battles about there. I feel like there's two camps. There's the loyalists that are purely the Japanese original is the only Sailor Moon. And then there are dub fans. 
And I know that David and I are both dub fans. All of its faults, let's just say, maybe they did cut out violent scenes or they took out things that maybe were too sexual. Classically, there was the Sailor Neptune and Sailor Uranus as cousins in the dub as opposed to lovers. But it was a different time when Sailor Moon did come out. Well, do you remember... Sailor Moon stars, was it? Did they transform into women from men? Yes. So in Sailor Moon stars, which originally was not dubbed, it has since been dubbed by a new company. But yes, Sailor stars are women, but pretend to, or men, they transfer back to women when they're sailors. I don't know if I described that correctly. No, you didn't. For the American (laughs) versions of all of these different things, one, I mean, they have to be dubbed. Is a five-year-old really going to read subtitles to anything? No. Right. So you're looking at your target audience. You want to include certain things that are, you know, prevalent for your society, your country. And you also, again, the argument is, I'll I'll even go as far as up to a 10-year-old is not really going to read subtitles of any. You know, these diehards, it's amazing, it's great, but usually these diehards are late teens to 70 years old. They're not a five-year-old that would not be able to read a subtitle, nor would be interested in doing so at this point. So, I mean, there's the argument. You know, we grew up listening to certain voices, are familiar with the sounds and, and, you know, of of their voice, just like we with Jem and, and, you know, things like that. So, I mean, that's the argument. But, I mean, either way, you spin it it's still a really cool classic anime cartoon that a lot of people like and in fact i actually saw the re-dub in my state what i think last year in yeah, october, last year right in october maybe when, yes when we could still go out into th- theaters without having a hazmat suit on so <laughs> where was this years ago? Because when Sailor Moon was airing in the 90s on Cartoon Network, it had its fans, of course. It was bu- rebuilding this fan base in America. But when I wanted Sailor Moon merchandise, it was like finding the Holy Grail in a store. Now, I mean, I guess this is really everything that we like. He-Man and like we've been talking about for years. He-Man, Shira, Thundercats. Everything's having that resurgence now. But Sailor Moon is on everything Sailor Moon is especially in Japan Sailor Moon stores Sailor Moon cafes Sailor Moon is at Universal Studios they have Sailor Moon attractions now so ah uh, I'm so glad that Sailor Moon's back <laughs> wasn't it bought by Disney at some point and then Gina Davis wanted to be in Queen Barrel Barrel Battle Song or whatever so, and a matter of fact she was so into the role that she was there was a website called Save Our Sailors back in the day that was trying to get the original Sailor Moon to be dubbed past its Sailor Moon R season as it's known that was a huge push for uh, American Sailor Moon fans at the time but yes Disney was this close to actually buying the rights there's a whole book that was about the secret history of Sailor Moon that we got this close to having Sailor Moon as a Disney princess didn't go through but yes Gina Davis was so obsessed with being Queen Barrel that she would literally send messages to this site as she was Queen Barrel talking about the (laughs) negaverse she wanted to get her hands on those Sailor Scouts so she was diving into the role and and in the 90s Gina Davis would have been a perfect Queen Barrel well yeah so I mean I agree Um, I'm surprised Disney didn't buy it up because there's only so many princess storylines that you can put out we're really starting 
to stretch thin where we're seeing Disney now do live actions of all the same princesses because who's left? You know, they have to go to far reaches of the world to get authentic princess stories and you can make stuff up, but it's nice to have the princesses based in like folklore or traditional, you know, kids storytelling, you know, things like that, like Cinderella and Snow White. And yeah, I'm actually shocked unless it was about money issue or they just didn't think it was marketable. I would have at least seen the trends in Japan and before, even before in the 90s, I would have sucked that up if I was Disney unless they didn't have the capital. I don't know. They're pretty wealthy. I wonder if it was that I wanted to get this book. It's since out of print. Of course, I sat on it and things get out of print. But the secret history of Sailor Moon, I should have read more into this. But yeah, I don't know if it was even... the Japanese rights not wanting to sign it over because that's the whole thing. There was many attempts to bring Sailor Moon to the American audiences prior to the dub. Famously, there is one that they call Saban Moon because it was more like Saban's Power Rangers where there was a live action team. But they, when they did transform, they would have been into an animation form and the animation was really heavily based on Shira at the time. This only has a pilot. There's only parts on the internet. It did not get picked up thank god because i don't think it would have had the lasting effect that the real sailor moon did sailor moon has definitely invaded pop culture in the united states in many ways i just saw and i i'm gonna shoot myself for not remembering the name of it my daughter just watched this show on netflix which is these young girls it is anime and they transform and it's very much about love and but they have to collect certain trinkets or stuff to get the powers but it's a total sailor moon ripoff transformation and you know good for them you know i'm not right. I'm, not, I'm not not knocking it but it's totally based off of a sailor moon formula you know with the transformation and the whole thing with the love and everything which is great but we like the original most definitely and again in the 90s deke was the company that dubbed sailor moon for the english audiences they did change the names and again there's a whole audience out there that fight about the American names. They did try to keep things as close to the original. People don't give it credit, but Sailor Moon's name in Japan is Usagi. In America, she's Serena. And they did get something that's Serenity for the moon, things like that. Like, Ray, Sailor Mars, her name is Ray. It's just spelled differently. Amy is still Amy. Sailor Venus's name is Monaco. Excuse me, God, you know how I pronounce names. But they shortened it. They shortened it Tamina, things like that. I mean, it <laughs> is, makes... <laughs> are the fans of the craft still burning your energy? <laughs> well, leave it like that. Again, people have heavy, heavy feelings for the dub. But if we did not have this dub, I truly believe Sailor Moon would not have the lasting effect that it does. Well, this was before they knew that people could handle a name like Kaguya. And, you know, they they translated the names. Viz Studio has redubbed the entire Sailor Moon anime. I did buy many of the seasons just to have them because things go out of print so quickly. But honestly, when I did watch it, I felt myself missing the original English cast because I'm sorry this new cast not only does every character sound the same they're just not as I don't know animated or passionate when they deliver their lines listen Holly Marie Combs this isn't the new charm to remake 
Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like that's something. Yes, it's loyal. Yes, we have the original Japanese names. We have the original Japanese plots, which, yes, is one. Did you, wait a minute. Did you watch the remake in the movie theater? I did not see the one that you saw. I ended up seeing by myself. I went by myself. <laughs> to see Sailor Moon Super S the movie, which is another movie that was the third movie in this. And I did not like the cast. So (laughs) did you have, I believe in the movie that I saw, unless I saw it someplace else, like on YouTube, I'm pretty sure that they had a behind the scenes of the people. I thought they seemed very happy and really excited to do it and thought they were really bringing something to the table. So again, you're now comparing apples to oranges, so to speak. Right, right. You just said earlier about how people that have the traditional Japanese subtitled versus the American dub versus this, you know, and I'm happy to have it out there. It's like waiting for Hocus Pocus 2 to come out. You're just happy that anything shows up because apparently that's never happening or supposed to happen or, you know, I'm happy either way. You have the other stuff. I think if it brings it to a new generation, it's still acceptable to me. Um, There's always going to be something different. And as things change, you know, like when we you know, we'll eventually probably talk about the old Sheer versus the new Sheer. That's yes. very different. I was happy to still see that Shira was around, alive and kicking. Yes. So, you know, it's it's the same thing for me. It's like, okay, you're paying a tribute. You're changing it a little bit. Um, but I think sometimes our perception of something is based off of a memory and the excitement yes. that we felt at the time, not necessarily the characters or the acting or the names. I mean, sometimes, obviously, people get awards for acting. You know, we get Emmys and Globes and and all these different things for for people who are, you know, amazing at, at their craft. So there's something to be said about the acting. But I'm saying in general, you know, it's, yes. it's just the memory, which brings us to our actual thing that we're going to be talking about today. Very personal to you, your memory of, of something. It's what you grew up with. It's what you're closer to when what you associate with Sailor Moon. Someone Sailor Moon now will probably be the new dub. But I do always want to champion for the Deke dub as much as I I can for as much hate that it gets it was still full of heart they have songs that even Japanese hardcore fans do love power of love anybody Deke did put such love into it with soundtrack even so okay the movie we're gonna talk about has a weird history with its dubbing so picture this we're back in the dark days of the early 2000s when Sailor Moon had died down so what we had gotten dubbed up to was Sailor Sailor Moon R. It ended with um, Sailor Moon R, which is what it's known as, which was with Rini, aka Chibiusa for the Japanese fans, Sailor Moon's daughter. It ended. That was the last of the dubbing. Toonami did dub an additional 17 episodes of Sailor Moon in the late 90s, which finished out Sailor Moon R, and then there was nothing. Magically, one day, I happened to be seeing, I was in a comic book store, and there was a, a magazine, and I opened it up, and there was a VHS cover for Sailor Moon, the movie R, being dubbed for the first time with the original cast. I, I, I just, I have memories just even saying that again, how happy I was. I mean, 
I was living for this. It was the original cast. And at this point, it was years prior that the original English cast had dubbed. So this was a big deal getting them all back together. So when it originally did come out, it was not on DVD. It was not Deke, but they did keep the Deke names as well as the music at first for the VHS versions of the movies. Now, when it went to DVD, they kept the original recording of the English cast, but they mixed the Japanese music into it. So there is another, which is what David has them on DVD, the movie. So don't be jealous. Uh, you know, again, why didn't I think that these things were going to go out of print? I bought the VHS tapes, but what good is those doing me now? There's VHS versions of the movie with the Deke background music. There's a DVD version with the Japanese music and the English cast. And now there are redubbed versions with the new English cast and the Japanese music. So there's so many versions of this movie particularly. I can't remember, but do you remember there is some something you can turn on and off and change the version on my DVD, right? Yes. And it like opens up and there's like an ocean scene that, with the Japanese writing. Let's get into the movie finally. Again, this is the English version of the movie. So this is called Sailor Moon S, the movie Hearts in Ice. This movie has been a tradition for David and myself, especially when we live in the same state. We would watch this around Christmas time together. And as I told David last night, this movie holds so many memories because of all the times we've laughed and watched this movie together together. So I'm so glad to be able to do this during this season and then with David as well. So we open up <laughs> the movie. An ice entity named Princess Snow Kaguya arrives on Earth in an attempt to freeze it. But a fragment of her comet, yes, she's coming in a comet, has been lost and she is unable to proceed without it. Um, <laughs> David, our first scene is a character that is not part of the Sailor Moon universe besides this movie. He is a scientist. <laughs> Kakaru? This is when they started to incorporate Japanese names slightly into Sailor Moon. It was like an in-between. We have Kakaru, the scientist who we learn later is very unique. He's sickly. We don't know what he has, but there's something wrong with him. Yeah, probably. Uh, it's because he's not taken seriously. He doesn't get out much. He's a recluse. He's a... No, no, he's really, we do get that idea that he there's some Something wrong with him, especially how he his strong feelings about the moon. Yeah, he's a he's definitely interesting. Kakaru finds the fragment and keeps it in his observatory to study it further. So we see this guy. He it's at night. He's watching the comet coming down from his humongous observatory. observatory. Yes. Yeah. Do you yes. love his voiceovers? David and I often comment on cartoon characters when they're talking to themselves. Uh, Why? I don't understand that. That must be a formula that I'm not aware of. We have to dig deeper into that. Why does every character talk to themselves? Is it just to reveal to the audience what's going on? I would imagine, but sometimes it's like, I mean, in this in this instance, Kakaru's um, character probably would just talk to himself anyway. Yes, we're getting that feeling. He's, he's like, um, yeah, stays indoors a lot, it seems like, is glued to his telescope and doing his research and, you know, not necessarily, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Some people, that's their personality, but yes. I'm definitely a person that needs other people. people yeah, we're getting people. 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 So we're getting the people. sense he is he is alone. I'm assuming it is part of the, the fact that he is suffering some from some kind of mysterious illness. Mental illness, maybe. 
I mean, I like, think a little, honestly, a little mental illness in there as well. And he is alone. But the way he's talking when he's watching this, and this is part of the American cast too. This is why I love the American cast. He's like, he's watching this comet come down. He's like, hello, what do we have here? Like, he doesn't sound like that, but he's really into this comet coming down. So much so that this man tracks down this midnight he tracks down where this comet lands and takes a fragment of this crystal which to any person would say this is a bad idea especially since it's glowing it's radioactive glowing. maybe you should contact the authorities but we know that it's bad because as he's seeing this we hear like this ominous opera music coming yeah. so, <laughs> so we know some bad crap is going down. And the villain of this movie is also solely based on this movie. She's not in anything else. Her name is Kaguya, which is... But is it Kaguya, really? Because I think they refer to her as Princess Snow Kaguya, but I really don't think she's ever really... She's not ever really um, identified. She's just this very um, cool-looking, very voluptuous yes. in the booby area, um, ice boobies. She's like, naked, basically. She's she, a naked glass yeah. ice woman. Well, we're jumping ahead, but there's a part where the name comes up. But yes, okay, so yes, she's not officially Princess Snow Kaguya. She's just unnamed villain at this point. Again, talking to herself, going over her plot to take over Earth, because a long time ago, a great light forced, forced her back. <laughs> She she's far enough away from Earth where she you can see between her hands that she's holding. You know, like when you go up the Eiffel Tower or something, you pretend you're holding it up or the Leaning Tower. She's at a perfect angle from space where she can hold the Earth, the image of the the pic, you know, the Earth itself between her two hands. It looks like she's holding the Earth, and she's like, "Beautiful planet Earth, you know, I once had you, or I was going to have you, but a great light forced me back." So she, basically, her thing is she's frozen and she wants to freeze her. Kind of yeah, sum up. that that sums her up. I guess it would be a generic villain. Mr. Freeze something she's an ice villain it fits perfectly with our theme of the movie um so we also want to add that her minions are called snow dancers and David we've we've come to call them putty patrol slash Xena dancers she refers to them as beautiful and talented snow dancers they're snow so she's very clear and see-through ice where they look like they're made of snow they have these kind of bulbous weird fingers they have a kind of a dress that spins so to speak but it's all made of snow one thing they're all white and they do this, like this weird, like, kind of sounds like, honestly, for me, it sounds like the mixture of a Xena call with when mariachis do that, their call of like joy. It sounds like that's how it sounds. Like to me, it sounds like a mixture of. Zena, the mariachi. And like, putties. Yeah, it, it's the weirdest thing ever, but that's exactly what it comes out to be. And me. she talks to them. So she's talking to herself, but she's also talking to her beautiful and talented snow dancers. You know, it happens. So that's the setup of the movie. So then we get the Sailor Moon theme song, and we get a little montage of the girls. They're walking around town, and we're getting the Sailor Moon theme. So in every version of this that's dubbed, we get the American version of the Sailor Moon theme song, which also is a classic in itself that replaces the original theme. And then when we are done 
we find the sailors, in this sense, they're called the sailor scouts in America, sailor guardians, sailor scouts, sailor warriors, are enjoying a day off in the shopping district. Luna falls ill and decides to go back to Serena's house. Along the way, she collapses when crossing the road and is almost hit by a car. She has the coronavirus. There's a mysterious illness. She's dizzy. She's not feeling Feverish. Well. In all the Sailor Moon, the American dub, at least, that I'm that I can kind of recognize or, or remember. Serena is always, or Usagi is always kind of like, even though she's the she's the head honcho, she has the most power, quote unquote. They're always making fun of her. She's childish. Yeah. She's unprofessional. She's not studying for her exams to get into to high school. She's, you know... She's always eating, which I love. She's thin as a rail. I hate her. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she basically goes into, like, Luna is... I feel like Luna is like her Jiminy Cricket, like, for Pinocchio. She's, like, supposed to keep her on the straight and narrow. She's like, I know she's a young girl, but... Things are going to happen. She's always facing evil, but she doesn't always come off as being... Now, I'm going to say she's not fully committed because when the chips are down, she is fully committed, but it always seems like she's more fun-loving and wants to have fun and do things where some of the other scouts, particularly Mars, is like hardcore everything. Like, you know, everything is relates around, you know, being a scout to me. At least that's my feeling yes. about it. So basically, Serena says to her, maybe if you knew something about love, you wouldn't be so hard on me all the time. This is before Luna walks away. And um, and we should mention Luna is a cat. I don't know, for anyone who's listening to this that might not know Sailor Moon, Luna is a cat, Artemis is a cat, they're talking cats, and they are basically, yes, like the Jiminy Cricket slash assistant. Familiars, they're like familiars, yes, familiars they're like guardians, yes. they're like overseers, they're knowledgeable about the past of the history of the moon kingdom and they yes. try to keep them on the straight and narrow and guide them so luna gets sick she almost gets hit by a car she gets rescued by kakaru who jumps in the middle of the street and does a very dramatic roll onto the sidewalk with her so we fast forward he takes her home he's mending her he's giving her water he's bed trying to, to nurse her now i would have called the local vet that would have been me but he decided that he's going to do well he is a scientist he is something he is something a luna wakes up from this whole thing and she really realizes she she's again having the inner monologue this man stayed up all night in a chair he gave luna the, his bed to sleep in and watched her all night long again this man is a total loner even though he's drawn very handsomely i have the feeling that he was always an outsider all his life or something like that plus especially with this mysterious sickness that they both have well really you did you have a crush on kakeru he was drawn very handsomely you know i mean they never really draw any one in Sailor Moon so unattractive, but this man would not have any problems finding anybody. It's just his own personal hang-up. Yeah. So he nurses her. She's realizing that he did all these amazing things for her. Not to say that Serena would not do that for her. I'm sorry. As a matter of fact, Serena does get upset later on. Yeah. When she's so she's catching some feelings for him. She's feeling <laughs> she's feeling the love. She's feeling the love from him. Kakaru gets a knock on the door, right? So it's Himiko Noritaki. Now they have a history. Himiko Noritaki is due to go up 
up and explore the moon. So yes, she's the fellow scientist slash astronaut. And she comes to tell him that she is going to explore the moon. And she's like, didn't you see the news that I'm going to the moon? And I almost feel like at some point there's a little bit of back and forth like um, competition between them because maybe he was like a failed, he was a failed astronaut maybe because he has some underlying conditions. Maybe he's got a heart problem or something or maybe he is a little nuts because that's what he comes off as. Or maybe he is, now I'm getting really deep, maybe he became the hermit and this odd because recluse because he did not achieve his real goals which is to go to the moon. Yeah, honestly, Sailor Moon, maybe the dubbed down version is a little dumbed down for quote unquote. But yes, uh, Sailor Moon is not afraid to do plots like this. So I have no doubt that there is an undertone of him, like you're saying, a competition, him being a failed scientist, him being sickly. I agree 100%. Now, I believe Himiko not only came to Kakaru's house, she says that, she says to him that... She has a vacation or something, she, basically? She's spending her <laughs> a week, her last week, basically, on Earth, so to speak, before she goes to the moon. She wants to spend it with him. I think she wants a little boom-boom, personally, and a place to stay. This is so random, but this is one of the running jokes that David and I call it head canon uh when you have something in your head that it's not officially said but it's true to you the way we read this scene is this girl has no place to stay yes she has a maybe a little crush on him but also needs a place to stay It's well, it's there's like there's the competition, and he kind of snubs her when she says, Didn't you see the news? I'm going up in space. He's like, mm, Yeah, mm. like he just kind of snubs her, and then she's like, You know, I traveled all this way to spend my week's vacation basically with you before I go up in space, and you're kind of turning me away. And, and she is very happy to see him, I have to say. She's very giggly and yeah. giddy to see him, and she's like, Ooh. She's like, He's got a nice space, she likes what she sees, she wants a little boom boom. I'm telling you, she wants to, she wants to get it. <laughs> and she wants to have a place to stay and maybe pick his brain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he does have a cute little place in Japanese culture. She automatically took her shoes off and put some slippers on. She thought she was staying. She thought she was staying. You know, so then the conversation turns to that he saw a comet and he found a fragment of it. He shows her. It's really cool. It kind of like glows and she kind of almost dismisses it in a way. She's like, eh. And he's like, you know. She's extremely scientific to the point that she does not believe in anything that's otherworldly. Yeah, and then they get into a fight and he goes... Kakaru goes a little psycho on her and she basically tells him you're a decorated scientist and um, have various degrees in this that and everything else you know I think you've lost perspective which is a very and she actually says I think you've lost perspective which is actually pretty big words for a child's cartoon again she's noticing that he's kind of maybe losing his mind a little he's been alone but she does give him that encouragement that yes you are a decorated scientist and people do would follow and listen to you, but you have these crazy ideas about the moon. That's where it's set up. Is this where he says, and I can't, he like yells no, at her about that. that happens uh, later. Okay, this is, right. uh, I'm, so they've I'm, had multiple interactions. So he tells her to leave. Yes, but she, she, <laughs> she, she leaves, but she don't really leave. We find out that she's literally in, in, in the, the hallway, foyer. The yeah. foyer, hallway waiting. 
Because like, she's thinking at this point, where am I going to find a place to stay around Christmas time? <laughs> I think maybe she was waiting for the Uber, but there was no Uber at that point. So maybe a taxi. She's like, I'm not going to go outside. She's very silent. And then we get this dramatic shot of her in the shadows listening to him speaking to Luna. So basically he's talking to Luna and saying that he really likes Himiko. He's sickly. But then he just skips that and he's basically like, what's your name? He says to Luna, I should have been happy for her, but I shot her down. And then he's like, oh, but what's your name? Like, he's like, uh, <laughs> like, all right, bye, boo. She, he like kind of has a moment. It's like, yeah, I, you know, I should have been happy for her. I shot her dreams down. But anyway, Luna, let's go back to you. I like this cat better than the situation. Yeah, he's like, so he notices that she has a crescent moon on her forehead. So Luna is a black cat, but she does have a crescent moon. I'm actually wearing my Luna shirt and Sailor Moon pajamas right now in, in um, celebration. Um, So Luna does have a crescent moon on her head. So he's going through names that he's like Comet. Moon. Uh, yeah, Moon. And somehow he comes to Luna. I, I don't know how he figures this out. So she meows or makes others a noise and he's like, oh, Luna, you must have a very, very thoughtful owner to come with such <laughs> a, a poignant name. And then Luna, of course, makes a face like, oh my God, Serena. And we see Serena laughing going, ha above her head. I will say that he does also say to Luna, so he's talking to this in detail, that, you know, he has theories about the moon. There's a powerful entity on the moon called Princess Nokaguya. He does yes. say that he is a scientist, but part of him loves fantasy and fiction, so to speak. And he's like, maybe my love of that is askewing his vision a little bit too. So he actually almost admits that maybe because of the fact that he loves fantasy and stuff, that maybe it is playing a role in how he feels about the moon, but he still feels a powerful entity on the moon. And he always, since a child, he believed in this fairy tale of the princess on the moon, which there really was a princess on the moon, Sailor Moon. But in this case, it was Princess Snow Kaguya. So he feeds Luna, he gives her a yellow ribbon, and he gives her candy starflakes star to flakes, eat, which yes. of course, that's what a cat wants. But she's eating, Luna is eating them. She's like, I will impress this man as much as I can. So cut to our beautiful girls again. They're out, they're in the shopping district and there's a thing in the background that says that there's going to be a launch of a mission to space. The girls are talking. So Luna's been missing at this point. They, they're worried about Luna. Serena is crying because she is... They also, all the Sailor Moon Scouts gang up on Serena as they have often except for Amy because Amy yeah. doesn't like confrontation apparently. Um, they all like you were mean to her before she left. Maybe she ran away. It's all your fault. And of course Ray and uh, Serena go head to head. They're, you know, they do this funny like sticking their tongue at each other each like yes. and then you also see that the sailor scouts or the sailor are they considered planets sailor uh, the outer the outer scouts uh Ur- uranus um pluto neptune. and neptune are all sitting in a cafe and they have the most driest boring looking they're like uh it's almost <laughs> like really it's are. almost they're... like you know what who do they what's her name from the twilight saga where they say she acts like that Kristen, Kristen stewart, stewart. Uh, uh, yeah. He's right. All three of the outer scouts, they're sitting in a cafe, listening to classic music. Stirring a tea, they're like, mm. Sailor Uranus, Amara, in dubbed version, she's like... <laughs> 
I just have this uneasy feeling. Like, and her voice does not fit how she looks. And then Sailor Pluto, who's the keeper of time, says, it's almost like time has stood still. And then you see snow in, outside because they're in, a, in a, store, like a cafe window, like a front window, drinking their tea or whatever. And then these beautiful snow Ooh. dancers, you know, these things, whatever they do, they uh, they start attacking and you see people screaming and yelling. And then all of a sudden, a large chunk of ice goes through the window goes of the through cafe. the window. And I guess then they get up. But they, and they get up, like David said, these the outer scouts have no emotion. They get up and they just literally like move out of the way of the ice. Are they, are they a lot older? I mean, I don't know yeah. the ages on yeah. Sailor Scouts and stuff. Are they extreme? And I don't mean older, meaning like, oh, 20 versus 40. I mean, like, are they like eternal? Like, I don't like, they almost feel like nonchalant about things. It's almost like, oh, yes. been here, done that. Who cares? I mean, they're like, oh, yeah, whatever. Well, yes, uh, Uranus and Neptune are older than the girls. So I think they're in college level. Because the the Sailor Scouts are literally 14, 15, 16. Like when we start Sailor Moon, she's 14 years old. Um, Going out with a much older man, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've kind of ch- they've changed that in a few years, like in in recent things. But Darian, Tuxedo Mask, Momo Chan, Mamaru, these fifteen different names that into the Earthrins, Tuxedo Mask, basically is much older than Serena. But uh, so yeah, Sailor Pluto is almost eternal because she she's a guardian of the basically the time door, and that was her job. She was and she was decorated to a dwarf planet. Then she wasn't a planet, and maybe she is a planet now. Pluto, I hope Sailor. Pluto. So we get their transformation sequences. At the time this was our first dubbed version of Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune. So when I got this movie on VHS it was like, what are they going to sound like? Because we never saw them before in the dubs. So we get Sailor Neptune is actually the voice of Serena's mother. And she sat, when she does the characters, the two characters she literally sounds exactly the same. She doesn't change anything in her voice. But she does a great Sailor Neptune to me. The Outer Scouts attack the Snow Dancers. And David, don't the Outers have the most dramatic entrances out of all of the Sailor Scouts? I don't even know what... She's like, Lord, by the new epic, I am... And I and the other one's like, I graciously fight for the this yeah. what is right. And she's like, they're very dramatic. And of course, and Pluto has to say something about time. I'm the keeper of time. Time will tell or something. It's like, they're ridiculously dramatic. The skirt on them is even shorter than the other yeah, Sailor Scouts. And that, their gloves, too, are, like, short. The Scouts have, like, basically arm-length gloves. The Outers have these little, like, short gloves. <laughs> so let me go back to, because this is an ongoing thing for me, too, and I've always, we've discussed this, whether it's He-Man, She-Ra, Sailor Scouts, Wonder Woman, how long does their transformation actually take? Because if someone's coming after you, you know, do you have, like, Sailor Moon is the absolute worst. She's flipped, she spins, she kneels, she touches her toes, she dances, she does a backflip. She flips a, a, a wand. I mean, is does this stuff happen in real time? Or is it like a quick, it's a slowdown of the transformation? Because they, of course, all the Sailor Scouts transform. We love to see that. It's, it, it's yes. a unique transformation. It's but. one of the best parts in any show like that. Even Wonder Woman, like David said, He-Man, Shira. We all love a transformation sequence. But yes, yeah, so what I've read in the past is basically when these characters transform slash when they're doing their attacks... This is supposed to be happening literally like within seconds. So for us, it's we're getting to see the beautiful slowed down version. But yes, 
yes, it's supposedly within seconds. But at the same time, that means Sailor Moon is doing, she's, I don't even know how she stands then after that, because that means that she spun so fast and transformed that she would be, I don't even know, on the ground. It but, happens. Well, yeah. Wonder Woman used to spin around and in different transformations, all of a sudden her clothes would start to come off. She would transform and then they would end up draped across her arm and then she would throw her pocketbook on the ground or behind a dumpster. Yeah, why did that magically disappear, the pocketbook? She's like, how many times do I have to get a new damn ID? Another homeless person took my pocketbook from behind the dumpster when I threw it, for God's sake. So, the talented snow dancers battle the outer scouts, but also, I believe the inner sailor scouts transform at this moment, too. They're looking... They fight them, too. Venus... I think a Venus or no, maybe Jupiter does Supreme Thunder. But I think because they're they're trying to say because they're younger, they're inexperienced. Their their aim isn't as good. They're not as accurate. They're not as they're Meanwhile, not as strong. Well, here's the thing: they've been going through this for yeah. years. But you know, the thing is, is that the outer planets fight them. They they destroy the creatures in one shot, where the other scouts don't have the power to wipe Which them I out. Which I hate. So, but they also work as a team. You know, they all do different things and they hit one of the one of the the uh snow dancers and they they knock her arms off i think venus does <laughs> venus crescent beam smash and she's like she's no venus de milo and then she comes <laughs> then she the snow dancer comes after them and then uh, amy mercury mercury yeah. does shine aqua illusion with these the kind of bubble things that hold her in place and then mars comes in and does uh, mars fire i'm sorry and this is just a nitpick. This is when they're in this weird mix of they want to make it more like the Japanese slash maybe the writers that they had for this didn't do it so well. It's a weird mix of their Japanese attacks with their American attack. Again, I don't want to be a stickler, but if you're doing in dub, stick with the rules that you had. In the, um, it's actually Canadian dub. They, they always say American. It was actually done in Canada, but the Deke dub, they will say their planet before an attack. So in the original cartoon, it would be just crescent beam right so in in japan they added the venus crest which i enjoy them saying their plan i think it gives it more of a grandioso effect so it's a weird thing because whoever wrote this script would mix like jupiter's attack in the original dub was jupiter thunder crash and this they mix it supreme thunder crash so it's like they're mixing the japanese names and the crash is not is the english part but the supreme thunder is the japanese part again it's a little it's a nit pick but it's weird how they they can't even have their own continuity like their attacks and and i noticed but in the other honestly they all honestly how many different versions like i actually was going to ask you what your favorite attacks were like i like mars celestial fire surround oh that's one of my favorites i actually like venus love chain and circle that one of her best attacks and i like supreme i do like supreme thunder crash there's some other one with like oak tree or something what is that yeah. oak, uh, the jupiter oak evolution uh, no, no thanks. No, <laughs> That's when it gets so... And I feel like Amy only has the same attack. Mercury I bubbles. I do love Shine Aqua Illusion. Oh, Shine though. Aqua Illusion, but... Because it is a, like, a... It's a cool... I don't know, but... Poor Amy is the weakest of the Sailor Scouts. Don't but say she's that she's not, because she does all the research. She's she she's the Willow. She's the Willow Rosenberg. Yes, she is. She really is the Willow. Sailor Moon, and in this dub, which is so ridiculous to me, Sailor Mini Moon. It's like Mini Me. They call her Sailor Mini Moon. They couldn't call her like I don't know Sailor Eclipse or something. Something I don't know. Some other like connotation. Sailor Tiny Moon. <laughs> no, not tiny. even Tiny Moons. Like, like I don't know. Sailor Crescent Moon or something. They could have like something like to make so it, they call her Mini Moon. Sailor. Uh, David's referring to Sailor Moon's daughter, 
Rini, aka Chibiusa in the Japanese version, and her name is Sailor Chibi Moon, which means little in Japanese. So in the English version, <laughs> yes, her name is Sailor Mini Moon. It's like, it's like, I don't know, it's like calling her instead of a donut, donut hole. <laughs> yes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't Sailor know. Munchkin Moon. Sailor Munchkin oh Moon. God. It could have been that, you know. Mini Moon. So. <laughs> So they transform and um, they 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 both transform and they are surrounded by this snow dancer that does this spinning thing with the yeah, 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 yeah. And they spin around in a circle and, and they're trying to figure out she's doing like a... I don't know a video game uh, boss where you have to hit the right real thing and not the illusion. So um, that happens, but then, then la, something la, 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 magical la, la, la. happens. Go ahead, go ahead. So in Sailor Moon fashion, even though Sailor Moon always ends up winning in the day, she has to have mess up. So she's about to be attacked and the rose comes down from above. And you hear, la, 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 la. We find it's Santa Claus. Uh, then Santa Claus says, Merry Christmas and a happy New Year, and he rips off the Santa costume to reveal himself, which is Tuxedo Mask. And then, this is where everything is a weapon. Paul throws a very large top at the Snow Dancer. It's yes. like a spinning top. So, even a toy can be a weapon, apparently. So, remember these things. It was a, it must have been a very heavy top. It must have been a toy that was in the bag, the sack on the sled that he came in on, which was on a, like, a good Goodyear blimp thing. Yeah. Where did Tuxedo Mask... He so had a he, sack. He had a costume. <laughs> So you see the rose, he comes in dramatically, rips off the Santa costume, throws a very large top, spinning top, at the head of the of the snow dancer. And then he says, no, Sailor Moon, which they all do it at some point. It's like, now you do it. And what David says, cue, everything is a weapon with David. He uses that top. Everything's a weapon with David. Which is so funny. So he throws a top at her, but it works better than any other physical attack that the scouts did in the in the previous game. <laughs> so that's really sad. But like David said, everything is a weapon. Darian tells the snow dancer be- <laughs> after he throws. Is it after he throws the top on her? Yeah. Or no? Maybe it's before. I don't know. So he basically tells the snow dancer like this very logical thing that winter is basically that we know is going to happen, basically. And it's very hard to deal with. But this permanent winter that you have planned is wrong. And she's like, you don't say. for us is a long and difficult season but that's okay we expect it your evil permanent winter however is wrong you don't say you don't say it's like a very like my cousin Vinny, new yorker she's trying to be my I accent say, yes yeah. you're you know well apparently mine too obviously but so i thought that was really really funny that he basically has this like speech set up anybody that's listening to this podcast yes these are children's cartoons but like so many other quote-unquote children's cartoons out there there is so much mixed humor adult humor funny things some adult themes that that's probably where i get the enjoyment as an adult because it's funny some of the stuff is really campy some of the stuff is really funny some of the stuff is like wow we're dealing with life and death situations not just with sailor moon we've talked about this with other things it does make up for 
for a very entertaining experience and, and almost like exposing children to some harsh realities of life. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going on a stretch with Sailor Moon, but what my point is, the reason why we talk about these things and love them so much is not just because of childhood memories, which is a big part of it. It's also that we still find some enjoyment within the, you know, satire, within the adult content of it too. And I hope that people listen to this podcast or, you know, are still into different things. Don't be shamed by it. It's not your guilty pleasure. It just is what it is. And especially later, there's a monologue that I know David loves from Sailor Moon at the end. Evil Queen Kaguya on her asteroid floating ice comet planet comet i think it actually is is it the comet that's coming towards the planet but they, earth has a lot of comets happening in sailor moon movies i don't know if i was in the sailor moon universe lord have mercy so she is watching and she's like next time i'll be prepared <laughs> so then we cut to which is one of my favorite parts of this movie the girls are talking about how luna has been acting strange recently after that day that she went missing and they noticed that she has the yellow ribbon that she has hasn't taken off from earlier. And they're all saying where they saw Luna that day. They're like, I saw Luna at the DMV. I saw Luna <laughs> earlier and she was reading medical books. And yeah, she's like very out of character for Luna, apparently. She's not allowed to have a life outside of taking care of those little whimpering children. Really? Honestly, they were more concerned of, well, I saw Luna doing this girl. At least they didn't <laughs> see her doing crack or anything on the corner. You know, in the alley, I saw Luna... <laughs> Rebasing crack cocaine behind a dumpster. No, they didn't. And she took Wonder Woman's purse while she was there. They all saw Luna, but no one ever took... No, actually, Mina does say, I called to her, but she didn't hear me. Mm, I think she heard you. I think she ignored you. Yeah, I think she... Just like I do with my kids sometimes, you have to. In the meantime, Luna's counterpart is Artemis, the white cat that we mentioned earlier. Doormat. Oh, oh, poor Artemis. Sweet Artemis. He loves Luna, and prior to this, we all assumed that it was just a given that Luna and Artemis were going to end up together, especially the previous season when we find out that they too have a daughter from the future called Diana, which is appropriately a gray cat since Luna and <laughs> Artemis black and white make gray. It was the New Year's party. There was a lot of catnip involved. Oh, is that what it was? Luna's like, I regret that day. Luna's she more- blocks it out. She's blocking everything. And she's like, Mariah Carey, I don't know him. I don't know her. <laughs> Back at Ray's Temple, because I feel like they're always at Ray's Temple studying, well, attempting to study. So I love that too. They're always, like David said, these girls are super thin, but they do love to eat, especially, actually Lita is the cook of the group. So they're at Ray's Temple. They're talking about Luna possibly being in love. And Artemis is upset, but Serena says... (laughs) Was it that bulldog from up the street? How dare she? Right. How dare she? Artemis is like trying to think of who it was. They never would have guessed it was a human. I'm I'm certain of that. Serena says, you guys must envy me because I have Darian. And they all, I love this. They all turn around and turn their back to her. And they're like, let's go over here, guys. I hate the way she brags she, about. At some point, she says she wants to get on a rocket and fly to the moon with Darian. <laughs> Because she's the moon princess. So they all start. This was always one of my favorite scenes in the movie, especially prior to getting my own partner. But they're all dreaming about falling in love and their past loves. And they're all going like, boyfriends are nice. Racist. They're all like so like desperate for men. I love. I just love it. <laughs> men, boyfriends are nice. <laughs> 
if they do what they're told. Do you remember my ex-boyfriend? The one's incarcerated now. Yelena always has this thing with her ex-boyfriends. She'll be like, he looks like my ex-boyfriend, Steven. Luna does ask Serena at some point what it's like to be in love. Yes. And as they're getting ready for bed, Luna is trying to come to grips with the fact that she does have feelings for a human. And I think it's kind of sad, but at the same time, very yeah. sweet. Right, she asks Serena how it is to kiss, which I'm surprised Serena didn't ask because you normally Serena, I think, would say something like snarky, like, what do you mean kissing Luna? Like, but she's just really, she said, it's so sweet. It's like, what is it? Melting? Smooth and melting. That sounds smooth and melty. It sounds like ice cream or something like that. Yes. Right? Something to that effect. They go to sleep. Luna attempts to put on potpourri that Serena has that she put on herself before bed. And she goes to Kakaru's house, Luna. She gets in somehow. She's got her yellow ribbon on. She's watching Kakaru sleep and just Luna kisses him on the lips. <laughs> and then she has the cutest scene that she's, she feels like she's running in a field. Like in her mind, she's like running in a, a sunny field with flowers after she kisses him. See, I feel like, you know, when I kiss my children in their sleep, uh, to me, it's like the most purest form of loving somebody or even kissing them in their sleep. It's just a very beautiful thing. So I'll give her that. Oh, yeah. I mean, if I was Luna, I would have did the same thing. I mean, but... she was past the 14 day <laughs> quarantine. She doesn't have the coronavirus oh God. anymore. Well, she and clearly, they both have it because they're yeah. both. Luna and him are both sick with something at this time. So then, is this when Serena follows Luna? Honestly, I don't recall. But for the sake of, you know, I guess time, we can just basically yeah. say Serena at some point follows Luna to Kakaru's house. But wasn't there a point where Himiko was back at his house and she says she tells Luna that she can't come in? Now why does why can't she get the cat in? What is the cat going to do to him? Because she heard that COVID went to that one feline. Oh my. And she's like, this is, it all makes sense. You're ruining Christmas. You're ruining Christmas. Sorry, kitty. Not today. She's like, so she got back in the house at this point. She's back in. She's got back into that house. Because he's really sickly at this point. Because the crystal, unbeknownst to everybody, the crystal has been draining his life force. Important part plot that I forgot to mention. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it is draining him. The crystal is making him even sicker. Yes. This is when, we'll just like David said, we get a scene where she again is telling him that she's going into space and when she comes back basically she'd like to give it a go with him still and this is when cue dramatic music i'm going to quote this man word for word it's time for a smackdown uh himiko pours her heart out and i quote it just wouldn't work we're different we think differently we live in different worlds i can't accept that you just think the moon is an object that floats around earth it will never work and then himiko says I know that I don't share the same feelings about the moon as you, but we share other interests and he screams, no, it's over. I love that Himiko is trying to find common ground. She's like, like it's a normal conversation. I know that I don't feel the same about the moon as you, but... But we both like Cheerios in the morning. But we both have other interests. We we like supermarket sweeps. (laughs) You have a really nice place and I can live there for free. Basically... But I love that it's all over. He literally says, I can't accept that you think the moon is an object that floats around the earth. It will never work because of that. Damn, damn, damn. I mean, I have seen people break up for less, so. (laughs) But it's like, I just, I love this whole scene. 
And then she literally, she's like, you'll break my heart. And her hands are quivering and she's crying and she leaves. But he does tell Luna that basically after she leaves that he pulls out a picture from under his pillow. He cries himself. Oh, wow. I know, yeah, exactly. It's okay because he cried too afterwards, okay? It's like watching uh, an episode of Hoarders when the hoarder finally go throws away that first mice figurine well, we know he's got cat feces on it oh well so he does tell luna that he wants her to basically find someone that's probably not as sick as he is so she could have a normal life that's what i'm assuming it's all coming from but he does have a strange fascination of the moon have no doubt so at this point things are getting bad the ice dancers have completely covered now parts of japan around the world the plan is fully under effect for kaguya right at this moment she does go, I, let's say right now, right? She does appear in Kakaroo's house to get the crystal fragment to do her plan. And what does she come up with, you know, her name, her famous? Oh, so so the snow dancers find where the crystal is. They start draining his life force and they go back to the boss lady. And uh, she comes down and the Serena is with Luna. And she basically has a quick conversation with her saying that she feels bad, but... She could never be Kakaru's girl because she's a cat. And she says she understands that, but she just wants him to be healthy. That if she could pretend to be, or she could ever be the snow princess that he's in love with, that she could maybe break him from the spell or break him from his, his, his sorrow or whatever. Like, it would help him. And then everything freezes up in the room. The The evil snow ice queen comes down. She basically takes the crystal and says, oh, it got more power from draining your life away. And then... Kakaru says, Princess Snow Kaguya. And I love this line. And you should really put this into the podcast. This is funny. She's like, Princess Snow Kaguya. Catchy handle. <laughs> I was right. The comet and Princess Snow Kaguya really exist. Princess Snow Kaguya. <laughs> Catchy handle. And I'm like, is she a trucker? Yeah, she's <laughs> Trucking on. Catchy handle. So that is where we get her as the villain, Princess Snow Kaguya. She takes that mantle. Yeah, she's like, okay. So then at that time, Amy contacts Serena through her beautiful compact. What would you say? Like before cell phones? Like before yes. like really good? Be before I mean, because this was 1992, the original Sailor Moon came out. Like. Zoom meetings and before... Yeah. Skype and everything else. She gets the compact opened up. She sees Amy. She's like, they've located the enemy's base. And we should mention there was an important part that Artemis said that he remembers a tale long ago where the something rained snow crystals or ice crystals down, and but the power of of love and friendship was able to force this evil entity back. And they have no idea what this is. So fast forward to I think they are fighting right now. The Sailor Scouts are transformed. The outer planet scouts are fighting. Yes, because they're always, they're always ahead of the game, evidently, because they're the best. And the Snow Queen, Princess Nokuguya, for, for our, you know, all intensive purposes, is fighting. She is so snarky. I love her, like, <laughs> back and forth. She's just like, welcome to our winter carnival. And she's like, I'm on my way up and you're on your way down. And she's just like... She says every cliche that you could think of, right? As the Sailor Scouts, all of them are fighting. She's, they defeat, the, you know, she creates these things from the snow crystal behind her. And she's like, oh, whatever 
never will I do. And then she just creates more and she's like, ha ha ha, as many as you can kill, I'll just keep it. It's an army, basically, an army of the snow dancers. At some point, the snow dancers overtake the sailor scouts, even though they've been fighting very valiantly. Do you notice that I feel like Pluto and Jupiter, Pluto has her long key staff that she's like swinging around. She's getting some good hits in. Jupiter is a hand-to-hand fighter. So she's getting punches in, but poor Amy's being like slapped. I, I just noticed that she's like going, oh, oh, like back and forth by these snow dancers. Poor well, Amy. you notice that at some point they get slammed so hard into the ice that there's actual like indentation where their bodies are being pushed yes. in and stuff. So that's pretty harsh. What I don't understand, again, from a technical, or at least for me, you know, always have to say something about like everything we watch and say why they come up with a plan where some of the Sailor Scouts take on the snow dancers and some of them focus their energies on the crystal behind the ice queen or at the ice queen to see if they could take her down they just keep as things come they they fight i would have immediately i don't know if they have to like have a restart do they have i would be mars firing i would just keep saying it over and over again i put it on repeat and just keep going until i I would just keep barreling through these people until because we did see in the previous movie sailor moon r when they're with fiore and he has those flower demons they are able to almost like project their power into beams like continuously and like wipe out yeah it's almost like they have to make I know it's Sailor Moon's show but they are literally never made strong enough that they could do anything without Sailor Moon unfortunately and Sailor Moon always has to die to do anything too so it's it's a really like the stakes are high for the Sailor Moon universe so in the meantime though Kakaru is going out in this snowstorm because he is trying to warn Himiko because now he knows that Princess Snow Kaguya is coming she's going to space so he goes out in the snow because there's a snow comet or a comet heading towards earth which nobody seems concerned about that even like the scientific community is not concerned that a comet will smash into the earth and kill everybody because that's what will happen in real life if a comet ever go off a bid or asteroid hits our planet we're all doomed so they don't seem to be concerned about that whatever goes to warn her he passes out in the snow luna finds him the other thing is we we didn't talk about serena does go try to warn himiko about going uh, going into space and she's like i am a scientist and she like pushes her out of the way and gets in the limo to take off to yeah but she does have luna so she's like is that your cat oh that's your cat all the other sailor scouts are beaten down by the snow dancers and we... Sailor Moon appears at some point now. And the Ice Queen says, oh, they save the smallest for last. They always do this in the movies. They always like, or the cartoon, they always refer to her as like the shrimp, the small one, the tiny one, the weakest one. It's like, oh. And they... Meanwhile, I am Sailor Moon, okay? (laughs) So then there's a showdown and... Tuxedo Mask comes with Sailor Mini Moon. He's throwing roses. But then she comes, Sailor Moon gives this very heartfelt speech, which is, again, everything's related to love with her. This is where you see like her heart and you see that she really is really, really a loving, kind-hearted person. Yes. And that's why she's given these gifts, because she is a good person. And she's she draws on it. She draws on the, 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 the I guess it increases her power, like, because she draws on love and friendship and all this stuff. So that's where the kind of candy-coated happy stuff is in there. So this, the Snow Queen's like, I will get you! Like, she, <laughs> So she starts, like, gathering her powers to, like, go after Which Stella are these Moon. gigantic ice balls, but she puts them 
bosom by her breast as well. And we did mention her ample bosom earlier, so it looks like she's pulling her ice breasts out. So then, this is how I remember it. Sailor Moon transforms into a second transformation. She uses the Super chalice. What is it called? The chalice of life? Is that what it is? It, yes. In the American version, it was the chalice. In the original Japanese version, it's actually the holy grail. The literal holy grail. So so literally a little blasphemy, I guess. Is that what you yeah. So, but whatever. Um, so she knows that this ice queen, she says, I have no choice. And she draws on the power of the chalice of life, transforming into a second. She's super Sailor Moon out. So any transformation, unfortunately, never lasts long. It's like almost like a temporary power boost that she gets. We keep cutting back and forth. Luna's, she's with this kakaru in the snow. And she's like, really, she's saying like an inner, again, like almost an inner monologue that she wishes she could be this, this princess again for him. Sailor Moon is hearing it in her mind, but the battle is still going on. They draw the line in the sand, so to speak. The Sailor Moon, re- at the same time as the Ice Queen releases her um, beam of power, power move, with the, the Ice it. Queen goes, <laughs> yes, releases, and Sailor Moon does, oh my god, what's the name of it? Moon Spiral Heart, heart Attack. Attack! Right? Which, t- uh, as the beams of, from the Evil Queen is coming out at her, these purpley, like, violet balls of dark energy are coming at Sailor Moon, it basically breaks through her heart power ribbon whatever it is and Sailor Moon gets thrown yeah so basically all the Sailor Scouts go oh you know they pan to them like shocked because they know it's gonna happen they they know know what's next they, know, they know what Sailor Moon is going to have to do. So anytime Sailor Moon can't, you know, when all of a sudden she's like, I have no choice. And she puts, she always puts her hands over her locket, which is where the Imperial Silver Crystal lies, which is the most powerful crystal in the world. Sailor Moon says this new vacant world of yours has no heart. So she pulls out the crystal and she's going to draw on the power of the crystal. Sailor Scouts are like, no, you're going to die. I won't let you die. And then Amy's like, oh, yes, this is the part that out of... <laughs> Artemis earlier in the show basically says the silver crystal, the power of love and friendship defeated it before. And then Amy just comes to realization. Thank God. You know, that could work. That could work. The power of silver crystal. Yeah, well, apparently. Literally, they show Sailor Mercury and she hears Artemis's voice in her head. Now, this is really at the end. This is near they're dying. But she's like, wait a minute. The power of love and friendship. The silver crystal power. So she starts to draw on the power. Then the Ice Queen says, all right, now I'm down. She turns around and looks at her, her crystal thing to draw up more power out of it. So she's like, that's it. I'm going to freeze you all. I'm done. We're not playing anymore. I wonder if this is what stopped Sailor Moon from dying this time. She has, I guess at this moment, the complete solar system powers with her. So normally they would do Mercury power, Mars power, Jupiter, Venus, and then she would always end up dying because I guess it wasn't enough. But now she has mini moon power, Uranus, Neptune. The Sailor Scouts get up. They say we have to protect Sailor Moon while she's doing this. So they go in there hand in hand. Basically, like you said, they all, she she actually hovers over them and all of the power from all the Sailor Scouts goes into the silver crystal with Sailor Moon. And then the battle begins where it's darkness versus light. And then the Snow Queen goes, oh no, that light again. And then she screams. So we're, I guess we're led to believe back in the the day, Sailor Moon's mother, Queen Serenity, must have used the silver crystal at one point to stop um, Kaguya to come originally back in the day. So she, because this is generations, people. This Moon Kingdom has been around protecting for generations. So it was that light again. <laughs> and she screams and then she's like, it's a back and forth. And Serena Sailor Moon says the, the way to draw more power is to her to think about life on Earth and how beautiful yeah. it is, how precious it is, and that she's going to fight for it. And then 
Even the, the creatures under the sea Sailor Moon is fighting for. She thinks of the creatures on the land, the, the sea. ones under sea. She's fighting for the whole Earth. Which I wish a lot of scientists today would worry about this planet and the creatures under the sea instead of drilling on Mars for oil. But so she ends up defeating the Ice Queen. Her her ample bosoms crack, crack and basically. burst and disappear. And, and all the, the snow dancers go away and everything comes back to normal. The ice disappears. And Sailor Moon is raised up at this point and she's still thinking of Luna. And while she's using the silver crystal power, she wishes Luna to become a real life human for just one night so she could be Princess Snow Kaguya. Yeah, she, she says for one night and then she says Luna becomes Princess Kaguya. And Sailor Moon does not die at this point. She is weakened but she does just fall to the ground and she goes cut to Luna and we see Luna at like, it's this beautiful snowy shot. I mean, it's beautiful for us because we're not in it but Kakaroo is in the face down in the ground. So she transforms into um, long black hair. She's got these furry booby things. I don't know what that is. Maybe because she's part cat or whatever. She has the the, the um, collar, right? The ribbon that he put on her on her neck and Kakaru wakes up and she says I'm Princess No Kaguya. We have to say in the English dub Luna's voice is sounds an like an old lady. English, an English like Angela Lansbury like an English grandmother. So just yeah. picture Luna saying what we're saying in this hello Serena this old voice. So David what does she say? She takes him to the moon, basically, yes. because she's protected by the power of, of the silver crystal. She takes him to the moon, which she fly, she's flying, flashing around the moon to show him how the moon to, to help him break this curse or spell that he's under. And Himiko is out, out, out of the space shuttle. And she yeah, she's sees literally out in base in like repairing the outside of like, it looks like the shuttle in a, an astronaut's uniform. And she's watching Earth, right? And she says how beautiful it is. And I wish she, you were here, Kakaru, oh, to yeah, see she, this. So she's still lost. Loving him no matter what. She's in an abusive cycle. Yeah, honestly, yes. She's, he could tell her to get out. He could tell her he doesn't want her. She's like, I'm still gonna love you no matter what. Even if you kill me. She's like, after I leave space, where am I gonna live? He looks at this female Princess Kaguya, as he calls her, and he sees the yellow ribbon around his neck is the one that he gave Luna, and he says, Luna? And she says, yes, dear spaceman. <laughs> she basically says she has to go, but he can enjoy his life with his own princess, Himiko. Yeah. And yes. so that was really nice. He goes down. I guess she takes him back to Earth. She says goodbye, Kakaru. I'll never, I'll assuming... never, I'll never forget you. Yes, that echoes. And then, then he's we go healed of the... his afflictions. Matt, thank God, magically he's healed. Of I, I wish I could too. You know, but who wouldn't? Silver crystal power, the power of love and friendship. Basically, we then go to the last scene in an airport. Himiko is is actually back from her space trip, which was very short, apparently, like a day. You don't have to worry about the windows of getting back onto. The earth whatever so this is a cartoon but anyway so she ends up at airport where obviously the space shuttle landed that she was in right Takaru meets her with flowers she runs to him they embrace and then there a little yeah. packet flies into Kakaru's hand and it is a little package of sugar stars which is what he gave Luna earlier so it's like Luna's and it's wrapped in, and it's wrapped in her ribbon it's wrapped in her ribbon and they profess their love I guess so to speak and then you pan up which is in, on the second story of the of the airport you see yes. um, Serena who is greeted by Darian tuxedo mask obviously out of transformation he gives her a hug and then she asks Luna if she's going to 
be okay because basically her man that she's in love with is back with Himiko. And she said she- And this is why Sailor Moon is such a loving character. Uh, she doesn't judge anybody. She, a matter of fact, if someone's an outsider, she is fighting for them. That's how she met all her friends. Each one was an outsider. She accepted in the Japanese version that Uranus and Neptune are in a relationship. She does not care. She loves everybody. She doesn't even care that Luna was in love with a human. She still treats her like, she treats her with love and respect, even though. So yeah, Serena asked if she's going, if she's going to be okay. She says, I have to be because I'm a cat and like little funny, like haha, because she's trying to be played off. But, and then you pan to Artemis coming around the corner, seeing Luna. So she says to him, Artemis, stop to see him. She feels, but she's like, after everything, how I've treated you, basically. Yes, she, that's what she says, I think. After I've treated you, you know, you're still here, basically. And he says that I'll always be here for you because you're my soulmate. They run, she runs to him, tearing, crying, runs to Artemis. him. So she goes like that, Artemis. She kisses him on the cheek, I believe. And we see this adorable shot of Artemis and he's like all red and, and he just has these like, like love in his eyes for Luna. And that is... And then we see, of course, Serena and Darian one last time. She's looking at that and everyone is happy. Except for the Sailor Scouts who don't have boyfriends still apparently because they're desperate in need of them apparently. Listen, those girls' lot in life are to die and serve. Wasn't though, I mean, we're going off a tangent again. Wasn't Venus like a TV celebrity at some point in one of these things or there's, there's a so pop many... star? So yes. she had a very full life. So there's a live action Sailor Moon where we, David and I watched the, this is back in the day, bootleg, subtitled Japanese. It's basically one step up from the Power Rangers when you have Rita Repulsa, like that's the yeah, quality basically. of it. Like it's a little bit higher quality than grow or whatever, make my monster grow, but like, almost just as bad. But that kind of quality of transformation and this and that and everything. But Sailor it, Venus was a famous pop star in that and she was dying of cancer. Do you remember that? Yes, <laughs> she was dying well, of yeah, that drama. Listen, you want to know drama? Watch a telenovela. The poor Sailor Scouts, but God, this movie. You know, I think the reason why we gravitated towards it was because of the loving factor there's always it's like when the 80s like there's always a message involved too that's what's nice about it too i don't know if it was more so because it was the american version or just because of sailor moon does represent love and peace and friendship and everything that's really the whole premise of the whole show generally speaking is finding love and being in love and a good friend and protecting your friends what have you so it's a nice sentiment it's basically what i think people gravitate towards I think we also gravitated towards it was like snowing and icy. So we yes, kind of attribute of that to being like around Christmas time, but it just became Santa Claus. We see, we see Santa in, in tuxedo mask. Yeah. So it's a great Christmas memory, like I said earlier with David. And in the upcoming weeks, like I had mentioned earlier, we have some, I mean, amazing 80s Christmas, peewee Christmas special in general is going to be amazing to go through. That's hysterical. It's going to be hysterical too. Like some of the, the guests are ridiculous and the placement of the guests and actually some of the actors who were not famous at the time who are now famous pretty funny I wanted to mention and I don't think we're going to discuss it but I have a very fond memory of Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas and I have it on DVD I think that actually might be on Disney now I'm not sure who owns the rights to that but 
just well, throwing it, it out like there. Jim Henson, right? So it probably is. I think that a lot of children are so programmed these days that everything has to be flashy and iPhones and, and tablets that I remember when I showed my nephew, Lucas, the original Peach Dragon, he had no interest in it. And that was actually a couple of years ago. So he's six now. This is when he was younger because it wasn't CGI. It wasn't amazing. I think it wasn't. And this is something that I'm like, oh, I'm going to share this beautiful memory for me because I love this. Right. And they're like, eh. Even sometimes my kids with certain things, they're like, "Mm, we'll tolerate it, but I'm not really that interested in it. I don't know if it's because it looks old, like images themselves are a little bit cloudy and not perfect, or just because it's just not flashy enough. But that in a way bothers me because it's almost like a loss of innocence. But I guess we would view it the same way as if you and I were looking at a cartoon from the 50s, I guess, or something. Yeah, but still, I think our generation was used to that because we watched the Flintstones and Scooby-Doo and Hanna-Barbera when we were growing up. So I think it is just like you said there's a flashy nature the cartoons are so fast-paced now it's like this weird humor i'm really happy that we're doing these christmas podcasts throughout the month something i hope people enjoy listening to especially if you're a sailor moon fan or if you've seen this movie or interested in seeing it i definitely would suggest it if you like sailor moon on the whole and you don't want to read subtitles there are many dubbed options now like we said there's a new viz dub of this movie that just came out i actually have it but i have yet to put it in and watch it you could you could find this version that we're speaking of free on youtube it's not the clearest quality by any means but it is free you are interested in in this version of the movie because it is out of print. And if you are interested in watching it and then listening to our podcast and then correcting anything we made mistakes on, go someplace else. But if you did want to reach us, you could reach David <laughs> at <laughs> Universal Appeal 2020 one word on Instagram as well as Radical Retro Podcast, one word on Instagram. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed this. Um, Happy holidays. We'll be doing this all month long. Yes, we will. Be closer to the countdown for Christmas. My go away from this particular one is at the beginning of the month. I hope everyone has an amazing Christmas, a holiday. It's not about the presents. It's not about, you know, the gifts and how expensive. It truly is. From the religious aspect, it's about Jesus. From just the aspect of being better to your fellow man it's supposed to personify being more of a better human being to each other so i hope that people take that away especially that we've lost a lot of people from covid and a lot of bad situations that have gone on so i hope that this gives you some joy it did it gives me some joy to do this and uh, we'll be doing this again soon with another funny classic brats anyway i don't know if you consider Wee herman a classic but it certainly is a good laugh get ready for mayhem get ready for grace jones Nailed in a box to the playhouse. That that's I'm ready for this. <laughs> On our way to the White House. We still don't know why, but maybe next week we will find out. Same radical time, same radical channel. <laughs> Bye everybody. Bye everybody. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.